I guess we can start now. Okay. Uh, welcome to the uh, uh, Computer Security Seminar at uh, Purdue University. Uh, our speaker today is uh, is uh, is uh, uh, Jin Tai Ding. Uh, from the University of uh, Cincinnati, um, and he will speak on uh, internal perturbation of uh, multivariate uh, public key uh, uh, crypto systems. Jin Tai. Uh, thank you. Um, first, um, I would like to thank the organizer, especially Sam, for the opportunity to. Uh, gives this lecture here. Um, the title of the lecture is called Internal Perturbation of Multivariable Public Key Systems, and I'm from University of Cincinnati. Um, this lecture basically contains two parts. First, I'll give an introduction of crypto systems. In particular, I introduce what is Matsumoto-Imai system and what is narration e equation attack and their generalizations and so on. And then I'll present the Second part of the talk, which is about internal perturbation. Uh, sorry. So introduction. So what is a multivariate public key crypto system? I assume here everybody knows what is a um, public key crypto system. And the most famous one, of course, is ISA. But ISA is based on the number theory um, principles and is used as a function of one variables. And the multivariable public key systems are crypto system based on functions with multiple, uh, with multiple variables instead of single variables. And let me give you a quick example, okay? So in this case, the cipher is given as a function with n variables and mapped to uh, a space with m components, okay? And this is a, and those each component of gi here are multivariable nonlinear polynomials, okay? This is the public key. And uh, any plain text is given as an element um, of a vector, and such that if you want to encrypt, you just calculate the value of this vector using this map. And to decrypt the cipher text, you need to know some secret, which is basically the secret key, so that you can invert map to, uh, to find the plain text. And then first, I want to pre present a toy example. So we'll use a final field K, and this is a degree two extension over Z2. And then in this case, we have four elements. We'll denote this four elements just by zero, one, two, three. Here, zero represents zero, of course, and one represents one. Two, however, stands for X, and three stands for one plus X. This is an example of a finite field. And one of the examples is given by the following. You have G0 with three variables, and G, G1, G2 as well, and they are quadratic polynomials, okay? So suppose you have a message which x0 equal to 1, x1 equal to 2, and x2 equal to 3, which are elements of the finite field. You just calculate the value. You can see the cipher text is going to be y0 equal to 1, y1 equal to 0, and y2 equal to 1. So basically, you have a message, and then you just what, put the message into the function and calculate the value. Okay? And this is a bijective map, which means we can invert it. And this is an example which we produce based on Matsumoto Imai crypto system, which I'll explain later. Okay. Um, what is the theoretical foundation in terms of security for such an idea? Okay. 
And it is the provenance theorem which says that if you have a randomly chosen n variable n quadratic functions, quadratic equations, if you want to solve it, this problem in general is an MP hard problem. Okay? And why this is a foundation? Because when you attack the system, what you need to do is solve a set of quadratic equations. So if you can solve a set of quadratic easily, you can break all the systems. But we know, because it is MP hard, therefore we know it is very difficult to what? To break it using such a principle. Sorry. Okay. And another thing here I want to emphasize, if you notice that the functions we want to use in general is are quadratic functions. Why so? Because you can see the public map are given by polynomials. And if you have a polynomial with n variable, if the degree high, the public key size will be too large. So in order to do things efficiently, you must what? Make the degree as low as possible. Of course, you don't want to choose linear because linear equation can be solved easily. Okay? So therefore, you always want to build a quadratic system. Okay? And from a mathematical point of view, also it makes sense. Because we know if you want to solve a polynomial equation, the degree high case is no different from degree lower case because we know every high degree polynomials can be reduced, uh, polynomial equations can be reduced to quadratic equations by adding more variables. Okay? Therefore, we always like to do quadratic maps. Okay? And the fundamental motivation to build such a system coming from two. The first one, of course, is to resist the quantum computer attack. So by now we know all the number theory based problems can be what? Can be broken. A number theory based crypto system can be broken easily if we have a quantum computer. And by this stage, we do not know, or we cannot show that quantum computer can help at this moment. Okay? And the second motivation is efficiency. We know IAC system at this stage, minimum requirement if you want to have a secure system is 1,000 bits. In this case, the computation is very large. That means we cannot use public, existing public crypto system for small devices, for example, IFID tags or sensor networks. So people are looking for things which are much more efficient. And in this case, if you use small finite fields, it seems to us that if there's a great potential, we can build a system which are much faster than ISA. Okay? So those are the motivations. And I want to give a short uh, introduction of the history of the multivariable systems. The idea of multivariable systems first was suggested by Diffie and Fail. Okay? At, the end of, at the beginning of the 1980s. And even though they suggest the idea, but they could not realize it. And later, Shamir did some work. But Shamir's suggestion also did not work. It was broken very quickly. And the first substantial breakthrough was the system developed by two Japanese guys. Their names are Matsumoto and Imai. Okay? And then later, it was broken. But however, Pataran picked it up. And Pataran and his research group did a tremendous work to produce new systems. And here, I want to also mention one example, which is TTM. And this is a system invented by Professor T.T. Moore here at Purdue, even though all of, all of them are broken. And now I also want to mention S-Flash. Okay? So last year in Europe, uh, they take S-Flash, which is a Matsumoto EMI-minus system. They accept it as a security standard for low-cost smart cards. And this, this is called a NISE program. It's a new, Europe, new European security standard. Okay? And this example is a multivariable proof system. And the name is also S-Flash. And you can see. And the motivation for this here is for low-cost smart cards, which means for small devices. And they are very fast. And now I want to give a quick introduction about Matsumoto EMI system, okay? And let's first fix the notation. So I have a small finite field K, 
and which is characteristic two, and the size of the field is Q, and then I do algebraic extension of this field, a degree n algebraic extension of this field, and I have a bigger field called a K bar. Okay? And of course, we know K bar can be identified with the K n dimensional K linear space, and I define this map phi and the phi inverse, which can transform back and forth. Okay? And their idea is very simple. Okay? And this proposal was done in, this idea was proposed in 1988. And they proposed to use this map, this map F, which is defined over the bigger field K bar. You map element in the bigger field K bar to X to the, to the, X to the Q to the theta plus one. Okay? The important thing of this is quadratic property. And if you, so this is a map from bigger field K bar to K bar. And then we can compose phi and the phi inverse on both sides. Now it becomes a map from k to the n to the k to the n. And this map is quadratic. And you would ask me why it's quadratic? Because you will notice that x to the q to the theta plus 1, of course, is equal to x to the q to the theta times x. This is a linear map. If you look at it in terms of smaller field, and this one is also a linear map. This is what we call the Frobenius map. Okay. So you have two linear maps, you cross them together, it produces what? A quadratic map, okay? And then, this pose a very interesting idea. Then you compose two invertible linear maps, L1 and L2, to hide this map, okay? What L2 does is essentially uh, change your basis. And what L1 does is mix the polynomial together, okay? And uh, so this is it, this is the cipher. The F bar is the cipher, okay? And now they impose the following condition, which is what? Q to the theta plus one is co-prime co with respect to Q to the n minus one. Because the final field size is Q to the n, and the element of non, and the non-zero element form a cyclic group. If we know if you raise the power, and if the power is co-prime with the size of the group, it is an invertible map. So that map is invertible, okay? That allows us to what? Find the ciphertext, uh, find the plaintext with a given ciphertext. And here, the inverse is easy to do. It's the same as ISA, okay? So this is their idea, okay? So the public key including all those components of this map, which is a KN to KN, and it is quadratic. And the secret key is just these two maps, linear maps, L1, L2, that's it. Everything else is a public, okay? So remember, L1 does is to mix things together, L2 is the change of basis, okay? And if you notice from the earlier definition, from the earlier definition, L2 is invertible, phi is invertible, f is invertible, every, every map is invertible. In, the, in, in this case, if you want to decrease message, you just invert what? Invert the map one by one. And very easy to do, because L2 is linear, so you can invert it easily. And f can be easily easy inverted because you just raise x to the t. And L1 also can be easy. So decryption process is basically invert the map three times. Okay? So this is it. Okay? And the toy example earlier I showed is a case you set n equal to three and theta equal to two. That's the example I showed you, okay? And uh, the interesting thing about this is that uh, once they invented the system, everybody was very excited because of efficiency. It was, you can show easily, they were suggesting that n actually, the, the block length is actually 64 is a nut. They were very excited because they were far faster than ISA, okay? And they actually immediately submitted this one as one of the candidates for Japanese security standard. Okay, they were discussing it for several years. In 1995, right before the Japanese decide, I think the Japanese government only decided to accept it as a security standard. 
Right before that, there's a French uh, mathematician called Paterin. He found a way to broker the system. And what he found out is that if you have plant text and ciphertext, here's xi's are plant, uh, components of plant text, and yi's are the uh, components of the ciphertext. And this satisfies a very special equation called a linearization equation. Okay? And we can find out easily those linearization equations by just using samples. Okay? Just put a plug in pairs of plant text and ciphertext. And you can find this equation easily. And look at this equation. Suppose you, so this yi's are ciphertext. If you find those equations, if you have the ciphertext, if you plug in the ciphertext, what you will get is what? A set of linear equations satisfied by what? By the plain text. That's it. You can break the system because you can have a substantial number of linear equations, linear independent linear equations satisfied by plain text if you are given ciphertext. So you just break it. Okay? And it's very easy to do. Okay, this happened in 1995. Okay? Okay, however, Matsumoto system, I think, is the catalyst for the development of the field of multivariable computer system. So Pataran, as the person who broke it, immediately he and his research group developed many, many new systems which are very much inspired by Matsumoto Imai system. Okay? And um, so here I want to introduce the first generation. The first generation called minus plus. Okay, so, and what does it mean by minus? Minus, which means you have a bunch of equations, you take a few of them out. Okay, you take a few components out, this is minus. And what is plus? Plus, you just add random equations to it. Very simple idea, okay? The minus idea actually was first proposed by Adi Shamir. Okay, it didn't work, but the idea itself originally from him. And what is S flash? S flash is just mass model in minus. And what they did is just you have a map and you take a few components out. And then the linearization equation cannot be satisfied anymore. However, we can see easily if you take a few components out, the map is not going to be bijective anymore. Okay? But you use it for signature. It's used for authentication. You do not use it for what? You do not use it for encryption. Okay? So this is what they uh, use. Okay? This is the last year. Yeah, in 2004, they were accepted as security standard for low-cost markets by the Information Security Technology Program of the European Commission for the New European Schemes for Signature, Integrated, and Encryption Project, called the NESI. Okay, this is last year. Okay, and the length of the, the signature is 249 bits. Okay, and uh, so here, because it's a signature scheme, and to verify a signature, what you essentially have to do is you have a pair of vectors. You just put them into the equation to make sure the equation is equal, if the, if the equation is valid. If the equation is valid, then what? The signature is valid, otherwise you deny it. Very simple, okay? And here, to, how do you sign it? To sign it is very simple, because you, if you keep the secret key, you know which component you take out, which means you know what is the minus you have done. What you do in the, in the you not to sign a document, what you do is what? You put them back, okay? And you randomly choose a set of values and you can sign it easily, okay? So this is a S flash, okay? Uh, so there's another generation for encryption purpose and this system is called HFE. HFE stands for hidden field equation. So if you look at the Matamori Mai system, the, the, the critical map is the map F, which I explained earlier, the map X, map to X to the Q to the theta plus one. Here, Pataman said, instead of using F like that, he proposed a new F. 
which is, looks like this, which is summation of x to the q to the i plus q to the j, and plus sigma summation of x q to the i terms like that. Here, the summation index has to be small, because in this case, when you invert the map, you need to solve a polynomial equation, which, we can, which can be done fast if the degree is low. Therefore, this parameter d can, must be relatively low. But unfortunately, Kipnis and Shamir attack the system. They show that if the d is too small, it's not good. Okay, so d has to satisfy some minimum requirement. Okay, and what eventually they produce is a new system, but it is secure, we believe. Actually, we believe at this stage this is one of the strongest systems, but it's very fast. Okay, however, what they did later is also very interesting. They developed something called HFE minus, which means based on FHFE, you take a few components out, you build a new signature scheme. And this signature scheme is very short. It's only have about, they suggest the system this is about 80 bits. The signature length is only 80 bits. Okay, very short. But the, the signing process is relatively slow. Okay, so this is uh, the case. And later, they have further generations. And here I want to mention XL. XL stands for extended linearization attack. Okay, this is very much related with global basis attack. Okay, and there's also something new called oil or vinegar, and which is for a signature scheme. And then there's another scheme, new scheme called uh, HFEV, which is a combination of HFE and oil or vinegar. So this is just examples of new scheme, which I don't want to um, get into the details. Okay, now I would like to, put a, to start the. Uh, I would like to start the second part. It's internal perturbation. Internal perturbation is a new idea we developed recently, and the purpose of this is to uh, increase the security of the system and therefore increase the efficiency of the system. Okay? Okay? What is the general idea? So perturbation originally is an idea from physics. What do you mean by perturbation? So you have a continuous physical system, and often you do something called perturbation. What you do is you add a small noise. You, add a, you, you, put, you change the system a little bit by a very small scale, such that you observe how the system reacts. So you use that trick to study the system, okay? And what we suggest to do is to transplant this idea from a continuous system to what? To this discrete system, okay? And the first I this idea was first proposed in part PKC 2004. And here, let me fix one thing, which is I would like to fix Q equal to two at the very beginning. That means you mean the size of the small field is of two, okay? So, now, so in a continuous system, you can have something called a scale. In a discrete system, there's no scale. So how do you do the things like that? Okay, our idea is very simple. We choose a small number integer r. Okay, this r, and then we find a subspace, a linear subspace of linear functions. Okay, so this is z1 to zr, zr linear functions. Okay, and we use those guys as a perturbation agent, which means I choose a small subspace and I use elements from a subspace to produce noise and add to the system. So that's the basic idea, okay? Okay, so this is a, what we'll do, and we'll use this guy to produce noise. How do you do that? Okay, very simple. So if you look at this map, uh, look at this uh, chart, the left-hand side is the original Matsumoto Imai system. If you only look on the left-hand side, and what we suggest is you have Z1 to ZR, this is a small, these are perturbation agents for a small dimensional space. And you use them to produce quadratic functions, f1 to fn, which are, which are de decided by zi's. And then these guys produce some noise, and you just combine these two systems together. And that's just it. That's the idea. Okay? That's the very idea. 
And here, the, the, how do we control the size? We control the size by r, which means we do not want r to be what? Too large. We want r to be small relative to the size of n. Okay, so this is the idea. Okay, so here, and that's the mathematical details. So you have the original map. You just add the f1 to fn from those small, uh, from those space of a small dimension. Okay, so that's the basic idea, the construction. Okay, okay, and those fi's, I wish I call the noise. It is a noise you add to the system. Okay, and then um, so I define something called uh, perturbation set. This is something which we'll use later to do decryption. Okay, and this is a set of size q to the r elements. Okay, later we use it for decryption purpose. Okay, and then so the most important thing I want to emphasize is this r is called the perturbation dimension, which decides the size of the, the scale of the noise you add to the system. Okay, so let's now. See what is the public key? The public key is the same. The public key is just the new what polynomials you produce, new quadratic polynomial you produce. It's the same. But the secret key, uh, and so, so encryption is the same. You just plug in the values and calculate the value of the polynomial. Okay. The interesting part is the private key. The private key consists of an original map f and consists of this z1 to zr, which means the subspace you defined, and this point in p, which is the perturbation set, and of course the two map l1 and l2. And in the case, in the process of the decryption, you have to do a search, okay? You have to do a search, and the search size is q to the r, okay? You have to do a q to the i size search, okay? One by one, okay? And that's during, and then you can use the original mathematical EMI map to find the pre-image, which means find the plain text. And here you can see that's why r must be small, because the search size is q to the r, if i is large, of course, the system will be what? Very slow. Okay? So this is the basic idea of this uh, construction. Okay? And then, of course, once you build a new system, you always ask, what is the what? Security of the system. How secure it is. Okay? And before, before the beginning of this year, we do not know any effective way to attack it. Okay? As I mentioned earlier, the only General way to attack a multivariable system is use something called a global basis. And global basis are general methods to solving polynomial equations. Okay? So we did some work to check how effectively global basis attack could be used to attack the, uh, the perturbed crypto systems. Okay? And in this, in this case, we know there's global basis, also you have XL method. Unfortunately, in last year, in Asia Group 2004, there's a work done by um, two research groups, one in France, one in um, Japan. They showed that the, the new global basis method proposed by 4J is much more efficient than the XL. Therefore, the only thing we have to worry about is global basis. So in order to answer the question, we decided to, to systematically analyze what is going on uh, for this case. Okay? And you can see, for our case, the system is defined more or less by two parameters. One is n, one is r. n is the original size, r is the perturbation dimension. You want to know what is the best choice of r, which means how much noise you should add such that the system is secure. Okay? And the interesting here is realize if r equals zero, which is the original mass model in my case, we know the complexity is polynomial. But if r equals n, which means the polynomial, I just randomly chose a polynomial. Therefore, in this case, the complexity is what? Exponential. So you have an evolution from what? In this case, very interesting. You have an evolution from polynomial to what? To exponential. And what you intend to find out is where this transition point happens, which means when the complexity starts to change from what? Polynomial to what? 
exponential. Okay, so this is a, that's what we call the phase transition point. Another point we want to find out what is, where is the saturation point, which means it turns out in terms of exponent, we find out as you as you increase r, but up to a certain stage, you, when you, even you increase r, the complexity what will stay what as the same. And this is the case: the whole system is saturated in terms of by the noise already. You don't need to add more noise. Okay. So this is the two things we're interest, interested in finding out. And what we did is what we use computer experiments. Okay. And the, the experiment is based on the F4 implementation, which is the fast global basis implementation down in Magma in Australia. We use their algorithm, okay? And we did experiment, we time it, we did, um, and also we rec uh, recorded the memory, and then we discard the bad, bad data, which means because it turns out what happens here is that memory often is a problem. It's not the comp computer, uh, computing complexity. Often the program fails because we don't have enough memory, okay? So if memory has problems, you know, and then the data is not reliable. Therefore, we delete all those points. So we derive uh, enough data, and then we do the analysis of data. And what we find out, the interesting thing is that it seems to us when r less than 6, it's not good. If r less than 6, it stays as a polynomial. And somehow, when r equals to 6, the system behaves as if it's exponential. Okay. And for the r equal to 6 case, we found out the attack complexity is more or less um, given by this function, which is 2 to the 11.4 times 2 to the 1.16n. This is the attack complexity. From this, we realize the conclusion is that for practical use, if you want to set up the security level to be 2 to the 80 triple, triple DS, then you want to choose r equal to 6, n equal to 100, which means you can build a system such that the block length is just 100 bits. Okay. So this is the um, this is the uh, example we want we will suggest for for internal probation of mass model EMI system. However, uh, there appeared a new attacks against our system just uh, in last at the beginning of this year. Okay. And the new method was developed by Professor Jacques Stern at, uh, and his research group at uh, Economie Superior in Paris. Okay? And what they did is something very interesting. Um, they proposed differential analysis attack. Okay? So they pick up the perturbed mass model in my system. Okay? They analyze the differential of this system. Okay? And observation is very interesting. What they did is something very interesting. Okay? They observe that if you look at differential, if you can derive a linear map, the dimension, if you treat it as a linear map, the dimension of the kernel is fixed if the noise does not do anything. If the noise does anything, then the dimension of the kernel will change. Okay? They did some, they did a computer experiment. That's what they found out. Okay? Okay, that's what we found out. And then because of that observation, what they say is that Let's find out who is noise, who is not noise. And then I can denoise it. Then I can break the system. Okay? And the fundamental weakness of the original perturbed mass model, if I realize, is because the difference, if you, look, if you study different insurers, and if you study linear map related to different insurers, the dimension of the kernel is fixed. It does not change. It stays all the time. In some way, you should understand is you have a system 
such that in the background it's very pure. There's no noise, what? There's no noise at all. And if you add noise, somehow they can what? They can use the fact that there's no noise in the background, they can tell who is the noise. Okay? So once they know that, they realize they can denoise it. Okay? And they can break the system. Okay? Which means they develop a way to what? To attack the perturbed Matsumoto EMI system. Okay? Using differential analysis attack. Okay? And actually, we did a very similar work independently, but we were definitely after them. Okay? And their paper actually was just accepted in AsiaCrypt 2005. Okay? It will be presented this year in May in our house in Denmark. Okay? And this sounds a very bad news to us. But actually, it is not that bad. Okay? Uh, first thing we observe is that because the mass model in my system originally does not have noise, okay, whereas if I can add a little bit more noise to a system, then the method will fail. Because you have two noise mixing together, you cannot tell what, which noise from where. So our idea is very simple. To fix some, uh, the perturbed mass model in my system is very simple. What do we do is we add R, the number R, of randomly chosen equation to the system and mix them up and then do perturbation. Okay? Okay? And we did some experiments. Okay? The experiment shows us once you do that, actually what the differentialized mass cannot work anymore. They cannot differentiate between the noise from, in some sense, you have noise adding one noise coming from what? The new R added random equations. Another one is coming from perturbation. So in some sense, you can understand it as one noise you added them horizontally, another noise you added vertically. And the differential analysis mass cannot work anymore because they cannot t tell which is which. So we can show that actually that their differential analysis mass um, will not work. Okay? So this is a very um, um, good news to us. And, uh, and you can see the original idea is very physical as well, right? This, their attack message is denoise. And you have, you have this idea of plus, okay? And the plus actually add additional noise to the system. And just because of that, their mass attack method would not work. Okay? And so this is a, uh, the case of uh, PMI. Okay? And this year, um, we did some more new work. Okay? And the first one we did is called internal perturbation of hidden field equation. Okay? And we basically um, presented a way to add internal perturbation to HFE, the hidden field equation system. Okay? And this was done with, in a, as a joint work with Dieter Schmidt, who is a professor in the computer science department in Cincinnati. And this paper was presented at PKC 2005 in January this year in Switzerland. Okay? And um, for this case, what really happened is that the perturbation is slightly different. And if you look at the perturbation, perturbed mass model in my system, what you did is just add the noise directly to the system. Okay? But for the case of HFE, it's a little bit different. Because if you look at the original definition of HFE, Sorry, HFE here. If you look at the definition of the map of HFE, and HFE is not a, it's not a homogeneous map. It's not a purely quadratic map. You have linear terms. And the new idea is very simple. We will mix noise with what? With those linear terms. Instead of just adding them, you somehow have a mixing going on. Okay? So that's the idea of perturbed, internal perturbed HFE system. Okay? And uh, 
sorry. And the difference between this idea and the original HFEV is that um, an HFEV is a combination of hidden filter equation with uh, oil vinegar. In this case, you can see the difference between the internal perturbation HFE and the HFE is that one is kind of external perturbation, another one is what? Internal perturbation. Okay? Okay? And one more question you would ask is how about differential analysis attack? And it's very easy to see that differential analysis attack cannot work anymore. Why? Because the HFE itself originally have noise, which means if you study the differential HFE, if you treat the difference as the, the differential as a linear map, the kernel, the dimensional kernel change all the time itself. It has noise. Okay? And then you will see that if even you do differential analysis, even if you do differential analysis, you cannot tell noise from where. You cannot tell the noise if the noise coming from the perturbation. So therefore, the method developed by Professor Jackson cannot work anymore here. Okay, for HFE case, uh, cannot any work. Cannot cannot work here anymore. And the most important thing about I want to mention about the internal perturbation FFE is that is the computation speed. In HFE case, if you want to decrypt, you have to solve a polynomial equation. Okay, given the polynomial equation, <coughs> if you have a degree, the degree suppose the polynomial equation suppose the degree is n. Yeah, suppose you have a polynomial degree is n. Then the complexity to solve the, the equation is given by such a size. It's O n3 times log of the size k bar, the big field. Okay? It's n3, okay? the degree. Okay? And HFE is very small, slow. It's exactly because this, you have to do that. You have to solve the equation. And if you do internal perturbation, you will do a search size, which means if you do search, the size actually is, in some sense, is q to the r. Okay? And if, if you choose Q to be 2, R is to be 2. This is what we, what we propose. And then turns out this method in the process of decryption is much faster. It's up the size of 10, faster than HFE. Okay? And this is a result not done by us. Actually, there's a research group in Taiwan, in National University of Taiwan, in the engineering department. They implemented our algorithm. And the result they sent to us is that this method is faster compared with the same, compared with the similar size of HFE and internal plate HFE. The decryption process here is 10 times faster. Okay, so that's what they did. Okay, that's about uh, internal perturbation of HFE. And then also, um, uh, in terms of uh, uh, some equation itself, I think, and for uh, internal polynomial is indeed much more, much easier to implement because the degree is very low. Okay, so and so this is about this, and then we also did some recent work with uh, with Jason Gao here and with uh, uh, Ding Fengye and Zhi uh, Pingwu. Um, most of them are members at the State Key Laboratory of Informa Information Security in Beijing. Um, yeah, of the Academy of Science of China. And we also apply this method to something called hidden matrix crypto system. And hidden matrix crypto system was also a system developed by Pataran. And this system is based on some, um, uh, based on some quadratic maps derived from matrix equations. Okay? And for this case, we also can see fairly easily that they have very strong resistance to differential attacks developed by Jack Stern. And, uh, and they have 
and they have also potential to be used for practical purpose. Like you can have a 121 bits implementation for this purpose as well. So this is a uh, this work is just accepted in the international workshop on information hiding and information security going to be which were held in Singapore this year in May. Okay, and so this is a. Uh, about our most recent work. And I think that's all I have for today. And thank you very much. Are there any questions? So how much faster is it than RSA? Compare which one with which? Let's say the, the most efficient uh, encryption. Uh, In general, it's by scale of 10. Scale of 10. 10, yeah, in general, scale of 10, yeah, yes. And for the signature schemes, is it much the, fast. the verification is much faster, or? Uh, both cases, both, both cases. cases. And I can tell you the case for, for, tell you the case for, sorry. I can tell you the case for, for S-Flash, okay, S-Flash. S-Flash, S-Flash, the public key is given by 37 as uh, 20, 26 polynomials, okay? 26 polynomials, yeah, 26 polynomials with 37 variables, okay? So that's the problem. How, how many bits does it take to represent it? Uh, so the each, so the, the bits, the size is 26 times 37 times 36 divided by two bytes. Basically, that's the size of the public key. So this is about, uh, we did the calculation, what's the size? It's about 9, 9K bytes. Yeah, that's the, that's the property size. So to verify the signature, what you do is you have a pair. The pair is, the pair, the size of a pair is, the size of a pair is, first is 37, 37 bytes. This is the signature. And the message size is 26, okay? This is 26 bytes. So what do you, sorry, uh, sorry, I should have write higher. So what happens here in this case? In this case, the signature size, the message size is 26 bytes, okay? Okay, and the signature size is what? 27 bytes, okay? Okay, and so, so from here you have 26 polynomials. Let's assume the 26 polynomials are F1 to F what? 26. To verify the signature is, those 37 bytes here are the variables, okay? And those 26 are, those 26 guys, those 26 guys are, give, are putting on this side. So you plug those, the plug out the 37 variables into this side of the equation, and you put the 26 on this side to check if the equations are equal. If you're equal, you accept it. If it's not equal, you deny it. So in this case, you can see what you have to do is evaluate the value of a 26 polynomials with what? With 37 variables. And can be done very fast. Okay, maybe here I want to mention a little bit about the fact of modifications in finite fields. If you have a small finite field, there's no modification anymore. What you do, you can do, because you can do exponential, you can do adding and such. So you can make it much faster. Yeah, there's no more modification. Basically, you have to do addition and the search. So that's the idea. Yes. Yes. One of your uh, your systems that you talked about had MPEG, 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 
80-bit uh, signature, you said. Yes. yes. Uh, is, isn't that uh, so short that uh, you could do a, uh, a, uh, a Such. Uh, birthday? No, it's not easy. No, not so easy. But it's uh, it's not so easy. It's um, um, not not so. Easy. So uh, maybe eighties is actually is around around the eighties. So the signature size is, is around the eighties, right? Which means the possibility of so the signature is two to the eighties. Uh, for burst attack, for this case, not so easy. Okay. Yeah, it's not. Um, maybe I'm. It's maybe 87 or 80, something like that. Not exactly 80. Okay. Yeah. It's, and the reason I want to mention it is because in the new European <coughs> standard, at the very beginning, when it set up a standard, it's any algorithm, they will accept the look at it. They will look at it only if you can show at this stage the security is at 2 to the 81, triple DES. Okay? That's what, they, that's what they consider as to be secure. Yeah, if you have any algorithm, uh, if you have any system, you can break. If you can break it with less than two to the eighty triple DS, they will, will not even consider. So the eighty is always kind of here at this stage. Yeah, eighty is the number they consider. So that's yeah. Yeah, this is around. around I mean, it's not, around the eighty. That high, maybe eighty-seven or something like that. Yes. Okay. Any any other questions? Okay. Uh, then uh, uh, then. Uh, let us thank our speaker.